Today's show is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash everything sounds. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash everything sounds. Ignition sequence start. Everything. Everything. Sounds. Sounds. This is Everything Sounds. I'm Craig Shank. I'm George Drake Jr. And this is Everything Sounds. Usually the show is fairly collaborative. And it still is, but we wanted to present ourselves with a bit of a challenge. Could we separately capture an idea using different subjects? But what good is a challenge if it's not challenging? So we decided to make a dark subject lighter. And... Well, what's darker than death? Yeah, death. Made lighter through sound. (laughs) You can go first. Uh, I want to save the best for last. All right, we'll see. You know how you can set your browser to default to a certain page every time you use it? Yeah. I actually do this thing where I set my browser to open to a random page on Wikipedia every time I open it. Okay, why is that? It's just interesting to me. You learn about things you'd never even think about. There was this one time I opened the browser and landed on a page about animals that were extinct in the wild. I read a little bit more and started looking at some of the other animals, and they all fall into one of these conservation statuses. Least concern, near threatened, vulnerable, endangered, critically endangered, extinct in the wild, and extinct. Well, yeah, that I, that's pretty interesting, but... Where does that fit into what we're doing here? As I was looking at Hawaiian crows, koala lemurs, and dodo birds... A.K.A. the best bird ever? Sure. I was thinking about the permanence of extinction. Regardless of the reason why something goes away, preserving that thing or some part of it just feels important. There's a website that does that for sounds. It's called the Museum of Endangered Sounds, which focuses on sounds that aren't extinct yet, but are on their way out. Older technology such as rotary telephones, old operating systems, and antiquated printers. So, I gave Brendan Chilcutt, the curator of the site, a call. Hello. Hi, is this Mary Beth? Hi, is this Craig? Oh yeah. He doesn't exist. Uh, my name is Mary Beth. Brendan is a fictional character. I'm one of the creators of the Museum of Endangered Sounds. Mary Beth and her two friends created him to curate this site. It's just so much easier when people email us instead of being like, Hi, Phil, or Mary Beth, or Greg. Um, you know what I mean? Told ya. We were deciding, well, if it's a museum, someone has to curate it. Should we put our three names on it? And then we kind of... <laughs> went the weird route and thought, like, hey, let's create a fake character and just make it as believable as possible. And we created that, and it's so much fun playing this character, at least through email. And I'm sorry, I'm not sorry that we kind of convinced you that we were Brendan. And he's not really a normal guy either. Really into technology and talks a lot and super enthusiastic about everything and has weird... um, weird habits about himself, like he owns six gerbils, and (laughs) it's 
has too much information to give you. Anyway, the Museum of Endangered Sounds is exactly what you'd think. It's just a bunch of sounds you might remember, and some that you may never want to hear again. Uh, some sounds on the site are uh, in Carter 97, my name. Uh, VCR rewinding. A, uh, Space Invaders game. Um, and our personal favorite is the dialogue. When we first created our initial 12 sounds, that was the first sound that we created because it just resonated with everyone. I mean, everyone's experienced that sound, and everyone has their own story, their own experience, and it's kind of funny that something that sounds so ugly can, I guess, make sense. It could leave a lasting memory because it sounds so ugly. But now we're just glad that we could laugh at it. But maybe those sounds bring back memories. Um, especially the VCR rewinding. <laughs> It's just, it's so nostalgic to us because, I mean, now we just pop in a DVD or stream from Netflix and never have to go through the process of rewinding. So it's, you know, you miss it. You appreciate it now that it's gone. When you go to the site, you're presented with a note from Brendan that says, Hi there. Welcome to the Museum of Endangered Sounds. Click a thumbnail to take a listen down memory lane. Click the thumbnail again to turn it off and play another. Or... If you like industrial music, try turning on all the thumbnails at once. Love, Brendan. It has two purposes. One, for entertainment and just, you know, kind of the opportunity to go back in time. You know, just listening to the sounds. Each, I love reading fan mail because each sound, it just resonates with people's lives and they just love sharing their stories, which I enjoy reading. And secondly, just education. I mean... My five-year-old cousin doesn't know what, you know, Pac-Man is. They have such, like, technology is moving so fast today that I feel like the purpose of the Museum of Endangered Sounds is to catalog these old technologies forever. When you think about it, the Museum of Endangered Sounds is doing more than that. It's preserving a bygone era, which many people today don't know existed. At the same time, it's allowing those who did live through it to share stories and experiences with younger generations. It applies to all ages. Like, a five-year-old would enjoy it, up to a 90-year-old who has told me they enjoyed it. And about that 90-year-old fan? Oh, my gosh, he's adorable. This man in Germany, he's just from a small town, and he read about it in the local newspaper. It's just the most wonderful thing. And he was just saying how he used to be in theater, so he dealt with, like, a lot of old technologies, and again, naming sounds that I've never heard of, so I took it down, and it's just, it's just touching. It really is. Still, it goes beyond just connecting generations. The Museum of Endangered Sounds has a worldwide audience. So I think it covers a wide range of ages and wide range of nationalities and languages. I, I've been using Google Translator a lot because We've just been getting emails from all over the world, and it's wonderful that, you know, even if we all don't speak the same language, language, we're all from different countries and different ages, we can all connect with, you know, a sound. That's incredible to me. 
You can find the Museum of Endangered Sounds at savethesounds.info. Ah, so sounds that are being pushed out of existence by newer technology. Very interesting. So where did you take the dying sounds challenge? Well, I took it a bit more literally, in a way. For some reason, the first thing that comes into my head when I hear dying sounds is a sound that actually is dying. Like the sound of a turntable shutting off. You know, when it slows down and almost groans out the final notes. Like, yeah. (laughs) Right, something like that. Yeah, so that sound is so representative of a dying sound that, in a sense, it's almost a cliche. And then I remembered about this smartphone app somebody I know made which actually uses a dying sound, in my sense of the phrase. Uh, Norbert Herber? It starts with my old college professor. I'm a musician, a sound artist, and a senior lecturer at Indiana University. He's created this app called Baby Reindeer, an app which evolved from his son's toy. And I think it's called something like uh, Bedtime Seahorse or sleep and dream seahorse or something like that ocean wonders soothe and glow seahorse actually um it has nothing to do with with reindeer or creatures that walk on land the the toy is actually a seahorse um and it's soft and cuddly and cute big eyes and bright colors and my daughter who was uh four years old at the time saw it and for whatever reason probably because it was christmas she said oh look it's a baby reindeer which struck me as odd because if it looked like anything, it was a like a reindeer fetus, you know, not an actual reindeer. It didn't have legs. It didn't have horns. Um, it looked nothing like a deer, but that's what she called it, and it cracked me up. Long story short, the seahorse reindeer animal thing, well, it glowed and made noise. Nothing loud or obnoxious. The point of the toy is to lull a baby to sleep. Uh, when you touch the, the seahorse's belly, it would light up and it would play lullabies and 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 songs that were kind of mixed with some underwater sound so you'd hear twinkle twinkle little star or ode to joy and those melodies you know were played in kind of a dreamy slow way and mixed with some bubbles and gurgling and and uh, you know it was meant to sound like it was you know you were sort of sinking deeper into the ocean. Like many toys, the seahorse took batteries. And so eventually, well, they needed to be replaced. Uh, First time the batteries died, I looked into what it would take to replace it. And I saw how to open the toy up. And it actually kind of reminded me of that scene from Empire Strikes Back where they Han Solo cuts into the tauntaun's belly and it just kind of spews its innards. Um, the baby reindeer or the the seahorse was a lot like that. I sort of opened it up and all these electronic, this electronic shell came out. And what it was, was this cold, impersonal looking robot. Because the batteries were dying, the sound was affected too. Of course, you know, I wanted to play the sounds back because as the batteries, you know, when it was first turned on, the batteries were... Uh, were still sort of good and it had some juice, but then they would run down and things would slow down and spin out. And I just loved that sound, the way it would detune the lullabies or transform the bubbling sounds was really, really interesting. So it was kind of the play on on all of those things. And that's what Norbert stepped in. He processed the audio by 
layering and stretching the sounds, added his own synth elements, and created generative music. Generative music is music that is based on a, a set of rules that once they are set into motion, those rules run their course, music happens as a result of those rules, and it will play for as long as the rules allow or until someone stops that process or if it's something that's related to a machine of some sort, which it usually is, uh, when that machine is shut off, the music is finished. And that brings us to the Baby Reindeer app. Uh, People use it simply by turning it on. The idea is that the music plays and will play continuously. Um, It varies itself over time based on the rules and algorithms that I put in place for the piece itself. He wanted the music he made to have a general application as well. Um, I wanted to create something that people would listen to as they were reading, as they were drifting off to sleep, working, writing, you know, anything where they want something that's going to function like a piece of ambient music. Um, You know, when Brian Eno invented that genre, uh, he wanted to create space for people to think. He wanted the music to be as ignorable as it was interesting so that their attention could drift towards it or drift away from it and focus on the cooking or reading or writing or whatever it was that they might be doing. Um, So I'd like to think that it can serve sort of as a, a catalyst to any of those sort of activities. But the real question is, does it actually work? Talk to people who have used it, and um, many people use it for exactly the things that I just mentioned. Um, a, a girl I know who does a lot of babysitting said that she's played it for young children that she's taking care of, and it helps them drift to sleep and helps them relax, which I, I was just thrilled to hear that. So much so that he tried out on, oh, I don't know, his own kids. Oh yeah, I've, I've, I've played it for them before, and um, they've just sort of carried on doing what they're doing. One time I was listening to a linear version that I had recorded of it while driving somewhere with my son, and he just nodded off to sleep and looked as happy as could be, but he could have been tired. <laughs> Who knows? You can learn more about Norbert's Baby Reindeer app from our website at everythingsounds.org. And he also provided the music for the show this week. You can find out where to hear it at our website as well. Thanks again to Mary Beth and the team at the Museum of Endangered Sounds. Find a link at our site, and you can also support the show and get access to exclusive content by becoming an Everything Sounds audiophile. You can also show your support by writing a review and rating Everything Sounds in iTunes. It doesn't take much time, and it goes a long way towards helping us move up in their rankings. Find the link at everythingsounds.org. Until next time, I'm Craig Shank. I'm George Drake Jr., and this is Everything Sounds. Hey, George. Yeah? Remember when I said you could make all of the audio on the Museum of Endangered Sound site play at the same time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said that in... Oh, you're just... Oh, you're just going to play them all, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, and you're just going to keep adding more sounds. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is really annoying. Yep. Oh, there's... Okay, uh, do you want to stop? Stop, please. Please stop. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. This has been Everything Sounds.
Find out more about the podcast at everythingsounds.org. Connect with Everything Sounds on Facebook and also on Twitter.